I didn't have anybody to turn to at the time, or I didn't have anybody who recognized that skill earlier on, which could have changed the whole course of my life. So that was one of the driving points for me to become a teacher. I needed to be that person that somebody like me could rely on. I mean, when it comes down to picking that direction to go into. And I use that as a motivational point the whole 20 years that I was teaching. Can you imagine having to sketch a professional athlete live on TV, on ESPN? I can't imagine. It would be super stressful. But uh, not for Robert Jenner at the third. He is super talented uh, illustrator based in the D.C. area and just recently left uh, teaching, you know, teaching high school and middle school and teaching art and photography and learning new things, learning by teaching, which seems to be a theme on this show. And it's a very humble person, super enjoyable to talk to, you know, how he goes from sketching in elementary school to using basically primarily the iPad for uh, creating his work today. This episode is brought to you by Wix.com. Push the limits of design and create beautiful, impactful websites that are uniquely yours with Wix. We'll be talking more about Wix later on in the show. And uh, let's chat with Rob. All right, welcome to the show, Robert Jenner at the third. Hey, thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. A big fan over here, a uh, huge fan. And uh, and you have a couple different names that you go by. So I wanted to make sure that I covered them all here. Um, you've got, you know, obviously Robert, Rob, Robzilla, which is cool. And Mr. G, I think, is another <laughs> one, right? Yeah. Who, who, call, who calls you Mr. G? Uh, I've been Mr. G for the last 20 years. Um, my students call me Mr. G. Yeah, right. Students, students. So you've been teaching, you've been teaching for the last 20 years. Last 20 years. I resigned like a month and a half ago. Whoa. See, I didn't know that. That is that, are we breaking the news here on overtime? <laughs> yeah. Well, to the world, yes. Um, I did a conference yeah, yeah. last, I mean, a couple of months ago and I, I said it there too. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. This is, this is, this is like a world premiere, 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 premiere. <laughs> And after 20 years, that's, that's a, that's a long, that's a long career as a, as a teacher, um, which is fantastic, by the way. I think I always thought teachers should be millionaires, especially after I had kids and realized, you know, how, how much the school shapes who they are. And, and, uh, and so what, what did you, what did you teach for that, for that? Was it all the same subject or? Well, it was art. Well, most recently it was art and photography, 35 millimeter yeah. film. Um, we right. had a dark room and everything, brand new school building, um, yeah. four years old. And I found that odd. Um, yeah. For them to put that in there, especially how expensive it is to do wet lab as far right. as photography is concerned. Yeah. Especially with, with digital, you know, a lot of people going through digital, it's, it's like a, it's cool to hear that it's, it's like a, it won't be a lost art, right? It's still being taught. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I had fun doing it. It it warped and shaped how I approach illustration now. So hmm. it's amazing. Wow. And, and is it something that 
photography has been a passion of yours as well as illustration and everything, or is that something you you picked up later for, for specifically for teaching? Uh, I picked it up specifically for teaching, but yeah. I was always low key curious about it. Hmm. Um, like from afar, like ooh yeah, see. He's a photographer. I, I I admire that, but yeah, I gotta keep moving. I don't have time to learn that um, <laughs> until it was time for me to learn it. Have you taught illustration and art as well? And which which what's what do you enjoy teaching? I enjoy teaching photography. Um, I would love to teach illustration. I never really had the chance to teach illustration. Hmm. Either the budget wasn't there, or someone had the position and didn't want to give it up. Um, it was even said at one time that I would ruin um, someone's program if I taught illustration. <laughs> <laughs> said by <laughs> said by you or, or or somebody else? Wow! No, this was a former chairperson of mine. And wow! Okay, that was her exact words. He will ruin wow. my program if he taught illustration or computer wow. graphics. And yo, wow. yeah, that's those are fighting words, aren't they? I mean, that's. Uh... <laughs> it's it's a blast of caffeine for me and it just lets you know like the politics when it comes to education and mm. sometimes you feel like yo my kid has the best teacher and the most yeah. suitable teacher for this subject matter and that's not the case at all like there's somebody probably more qualified within reach mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you know it just don't pan it, it didn't pan out that way right and do uh how are the kids with photography like is it is it the kind of class that you get a lot of kids that are really you know excited about learning photography or is it is it more of like a elective that that they just happen to fall into or it, it's coffee creamer it's it's half and half um some some kids want it or they had a uh relative who who is in the field and they're curious about it. Um, mm. Another small section of kids, they genuinely want to know how to do it better. Mm. But then you get the opposite half who didn't have a class for first period. So guidance had to find them something to do. So figuring, oh, all you have to do is take pictures. You can pass <laughs> that class and they'll... Right plop the person in there. If they took art one, then they're inside of photography. So boom. Because yeah. that's a prereq. Right, right, right. And you're actually teaching, or you taught, uh, uh, the film film processing too, right? Not just not just photography in general. Most definitely. Um, yeah. The film process, I mean, I had to learn it. As a matter of fact, during my interview, I told them like, yo, I can learn it in two weeks. And... Um, <laughs> You should have saw like the look on my principal's face, like, oh, really? And it was almost like, yo, challenge accepted. I'll take you up on that. And like, I learned it in two weeks. Like being that it was a new school, um, I had to put all the enlargers together. I had to set up the dark room. Um, I had to unpack all the chemicals. So as I would unpack the chemicals, I would learn the nature of the chemicals and where they fit within mm. these different processes. As far as putting the enlargers together, it prepared me for if there was some troubleshooting to do or if one decided it wanted to malfunction, like even though somebody had to cause it to malfunction, I would know how to fix it because I put them together, basically. Right, right. So, I mean, it prepared me. And 
you know, school of hard knocks when it came to that. But I made it work. I made it work. Yeah. Well, I wonder if it was an advantage that you, you were starting it from scratch then and you were learning as you were building it. You know? I'll say, yeah, definitely. Yeah. What got you, uh, Rob, what got you into teaching? You know, you, you were doing it, you did it for 20 years, which is, which is amazing. And, you know, what, 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 uh, what brought you there? You know, did you, did you go to school specifically to become an educator or? Well, I would call it process of elimination. Um, there was only two majors at the school that I attended, South Carolina State University, as far as art. You could either be a printmaker, I mean, a printmaking major, or you can be in art education. Mm, yeah. At first, I was a printmaking major until I had a conversation with a young lady on the yard. You know, she asked me, you know, what's your major? What do you do? And I was like, I'm a printmaking major. I mean, no, I'm an art major. And she took it a little bit deeper. She was like, well, what concentration? I was like, printmaking. I was amazed that she took it that deep, but I was like, yeah, printmaking. And she was like, so how's that going to work when you graduate? How are you going to earn a living being a printmaking major? And she wasn't doing it to be like, you know, I'm a gold digger, but she was just speaking <laughs> just to make the conversation more right, right. intrigued. I mean, more interesting. And um, that's the first time I thought about it. And huh. this was after, this was the beginning of my sophomore year. So I started looking at the, the the art education curriculum and say and seeing how it parallels with the printmaking and decided then like, yo, I'll do art education because see I can be that starving artist and then fall back on art education if it doesn't work out. No. Yeah, pretty smart for a sophomore to yeah. think that way. Yeah. <laughs> and and I wanted to do it <laughs> I wanted to do it low key for two different reasons. I had that SOB professor who was real tough. He had all the rigor and everything. And um, in order to stay in the education major, uh, stay as an education major, you had to keep a certain GPA and he would take your GPA hostage, like (laughs) give you the ransom note with cut out letters and everything. (laughs) You don't complete this assignment to my likings and I'm going to finish your GPA off, you know? Oh, geez. Yeah. yeah. And I got to have that conversation with him and tell him about the set of skills I got. But um, I knew that that threat was looming. So I wasn't going to make that switch until the last minute, even though I had did all the work in the shadows. But to make the official switch, I decided to wait to the last minute to do it. Huh. And it worked out dope. I mean, that conversation I had with my academic advisor is classic. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Imagine your student coming up to you and saying, hey, look, I want to switch majors during their the beginning of their senior year. <laughs> and then discovering right, right. that they did all the footwork. So, you know, you've been you've been cut out the whole entire process. <laughs> so that must have been a shock to them uh, <laughs> that you'd, you'd planned ahead that long, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't want my mom to know I was switching over. It's like kind of amazing forethought for a sophomore. I wish I had that kind of, you know, intuition when I was that age. You know, it's pretty. (laughs) It was happenstance, really. Like if I didn't have that conversation, then yeah, you know, I probably would have struggled a little bit more as a printmaking major, and then decide, like, what around junior year I wanted to become a teacher, Mm, which would put me in the super senior category of. 
of, of college, like, oh yeah, he a super senior. Right. And you've got to, then you've got to extend your, extend your college experience for a little, a lot longer for that. So how did you, you know, yeah, like how did that start? You know, were you a illustrator as a young kid or? or uh... Well, if my mom's had to tell it, she would say that um, I started drawing at age three. Mm. I was that kid in class who would get in trouble for not putting his name on his paper, but there would be like the bomb little cartoon drawing in the name spot of all my worksheets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And <laughs> yeah. people out there can relate to this. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I was that dude who, like, right about now, it's the time everybody's running with their little supply list to Target and Staple, Home Depot, all the, I mean, not Home Depot, but Office Depot. And yeah. Yeah. I would be the one who would run through his paper, his line, his, his, his line paper, his loose leaf in two weeks <laughs> with drawings. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah. So I started back then, but the, the thing was, I didn't think I was doing something special. I I thought everybody can do it. Mm, yeah. And I went that way. I, I, I had that train of thought all the way up until like 10th grade. Wow. And then you realize, wait, not everyone can do this, right? <laughs> yeah. I won like a school lunch program contest. Huh. And what it was, was, I mean, what it, what happened it was a sub plan left by my teacher to enter this contest mm. where you had to make school lunch seem better than what school lunch was. And school lunch was the bomb back then. I don't care what <laughs> anybody tell you compared to now, like school lunch back then was the bomb. Yeah, so I agree around this time. And I mean, I can pinpoint it exactly. This was around the time that Mike Tyson lost his first boxing match in Japan. Oh, right. Wow. Because yeah. we were talking about it in the library. So I just dated myself like real hard. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, right. He taught for 20 years. He owed. But then they're like, oh, he was a sophomore in <laughs> high school when Mike Tyson <laughs> lost his first match. <laughs> so Buster Douglas, like, yo, who's Buster Douglas? You know? <laughs> That was the whole entire conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a yeah. lie. You know, it was no YouTube or anything back then. So you didn't have that instant footage or anything. Exactly. It was, it was hearsay, basically. Yep. So yep. that was our conversation as I sketched out this Apple as a superhero. Mm. Because, I mean, my whole train of thought was like, yo, let's focus on the nutrition and yeah. and beef it up a little bit. So I had this Apple flying through the air. and. It was that frontal view, worm's eye view, you know, classic Superman type launch pad. Nice. Pose. Yes. I didn't think anything of it. I colored it real quick, you know, the dark outlines and, you know, I kept all my strokes in the same direction, but mm. I ended up winning the whole state competition. Wow. And that's wow. when it hit me. And by that time, it was too late for me to apply for the governor's school of South Carolina. So I didn't have anybody to turn to at the time or I didn't have anybody who recognized that skill earlier on, which could have changed the whole course of my life. So, you know, kind of falling back on that major conversation that we had, that was one of the driving points for me to become a teacher. I needed to be that person that somebody like me could rely on. Hmm. 
mm. when it's coming to, I mean, when it comes down to picking that direction to go into. And I use that as a motivational point the whole 20 years that I was teaching. Wow. And so you, you know, you became the person that could recognize someone with talent, right? And, and hopefully encourage them to, to pursue it. Yeah. Not only talent, but then there was a second category that I began to, to recognize. And that was somebody with the drive. Hmm. And sometimes people with talent don't have the drive because yeah. they've been told all their life they can do it. Huh. It was nothing to them. They, they choose to wait till the last minute to do stuff. And you potentially get stuff that doesn't live up to the potential of the person who created it. Right. Right. So in a way, maybe it was, maybe it was a positive thing that, that you didn't, you didn't really re- recognize your talent until high school or, or it wasn't yeah. recognized, I guess. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, I would yeah. have people ask me to do stuff and I would look at them weird, like, yo, you could do that yourself, you know? And because <laughs> while school, I would show them how I did something and they would pick it up. Hmm. And I was like, yeah, you can do that yourself. All you got to do is X, Y, Z. And they'll be like, oh yeah. Hey, look at this. And I was like, why are they so amazed? Like, <laughs> But um, I never, I never really considered myself as being like, hey, Picasso. I'm like, nah. Even to this day, I'm still a little humbled by it. Nah, I know, I know a thousand people who can do something similar to what I do. I can't, I can't sit there and put no crown on anything like that. Mm, wow, that is humble. I, I think anyone looking at your work would would uh, disagree because it's, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, and there's. I'm just I'm as we're talking I'm scrolling through so many great projects and uh and that, so you, you know you're you're teaching just to segue into that like you're you're teaching for 20 years but you're also um in addition to teaching you're you're, you're illustrating and you're you're doing you know freelance illustration right for was that kind of always in in the mix or something you developed later on funny story I started out teaching elementary and um, I had these amazing students that were in the fifth and sixth grade. They later went to middle school. They kept in touch. And I think this is around the time, you know, it wasn't taboo for a student and a teacher to have a conversation on social media. Mm, yeah, right. <laughs> right. Um, of course, that changed. Yeah. But they would always say, oh, my God, Mr. G, I need for you to come teach at my middle school. The teacher here sucks. Or, and then when they got to high school, oh my God, Mr. G, you need to come teach at my high school. The teacher here sucks. They're teaching oh, me great. everything that you taught us in fifth and sixth grade. <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing one and two point perspective. We're doing all this. And I heard them. And there was an opening at the high school that they attend. And I went to interview for it. Um, long story short, what happened was I interviewed. I knocked it out the park. Mm. The only problem was the media wasn't what they want because they were looking for, and I'm doing air quotes, a computer art teacher. Mm. Right. And by, I mean, during that time I was traditional. I had that big portfolio that I lugged around to interview, to interview with my work and my students work. Analog. Yeah. Yeah, Super analog. Um, And I had to get let down for that job because I wasn't digital yet. And 
<laughs> here's what's funny. I told you about me learning photography in two weeks and yeah. how yeah. the principal was like challenge accepted. <laughs> this was early. Yeah. This is early summer here. This is like a week after school let out when I'm I'm on this interview. And I look at this vice principal and I say, hey, look, give me the remainder of the summer. I, I'm a fast learner. I can learn what it is that you want me to do with kids in art on a computer. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, Mr. Generette. We want somebody who already has that experience. Yeah, so I got that, I got that jerky response and I pushed one more time. And he was like, no. Nah. And I was like, okay, I think we need to conclude this, this interview. And I shook his hand and I gave back my visitor's badge. And on my way out, on my way out of the interview, I called a friend and I was like, yo, I need deterrence for Adobe Illustrator and Adobe Photoshop. <laughs> And you know that's how the torrent, everybody, the torrents, yeah, 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 yeah. everybody got started. <laughs> that stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I think we use the same guy's account too, man. Like his serial <laughs> yeah. numbers and everything. Yep. And that was the gateway drug. Of course, I learned that stuff within three weeks, both Illustrator and Photoshop, enough that wow. I can teach somebody how to use it. Wow. And wow. My whole goal was I was going to teach my middle school kids how to use it lie on the art contest application form and say that they're high school just so we can stomp out that high school that rejected me. <laughs> Unfortunately, awesome. the budget wasn't there. <laughs> so uh, that's always the case in education. The budget wasn't there. We didn't have the computers. We didn't have the software. We didn't have the licensing. And I wasn't about to put a torrent on government property. Like, nah, it's just not right. <laughs> wow. So you, you learn you learn the stuff in three weeks yep. over part of the summer. Um and that and that was the instigator for you to to get into digital creation, right? I mean, from analog to digital. Yeah, and I wanted to be a graphic designer. Um yeah. Yeah. so I started doing side work. I built a portfolio, but I was still hungry. I wanted to be formally trained in graphic design. So I took all of that self taught stuff. Made the portfolio and I applied and got into SCAD with a scholarship. All right. Yep. For grad school. And um, I mean like a 50% off scholarship. Needless to say, I got kicked out of SCAD with a 3.7. <laughs> wow. How, do, how does that happen? <laughs> well, they say I didn't put my work up for review. Hmm. And this was like a week before the deadline. And actually, I had to remind my academic advisor that I needed the course. Mm. So I got in there like late. So it made it harder for me to meet the first deadline. So the second deadline was, it was a week shy of the second deadline. And I had that folder on my computer with everything that I wanted to submit in it. And all of a sudden, I get this letter in the mail saying that um, I'm being put up on academic suspension for refusal to put my work up for review. That doesn't seem right. Yeah, and I, I appealed it, and of course they they stuck to their guns. And then I asked the faculty person that was in charge of my appeals. I was like, "Well, tell me about this committee that's going to review my work. Who who are who are the folks that's reviewing my work?" And the academic person was like, "Well, it's all of the graphic design department." And I was like, "Oh, so it's all the people that gave me the A's and B's on this stuff." <laughs> and he was like, well, right. you don't, 
<laughs> you don't have to be facetious. And, you know, so they was like, you can come back and apply for a year. So I took that letter and I framed it and I put it up in the, the little little workspace that I had, my little studio. And um, I said I was going to go back in a year and kick their behinds. I ended up going to Full Sail and finishing out because I was trying yeah. to create a college corner. But I never mm-hmm. went back to SCAD, even though I would really love just to go back and kick their behinds. But it's so expensive yeah. to kick somebody behind nowadays. <laughs> right. Maybe that was their plan. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I, I think they should give me an honorary joint. I At this point, I think they, they definitely should. I'm like, who's laughing now, right? Yeah, or- SCAD bees. <laughs> like, give me an honorary MFA. Let's go. Absolutely. <laughs> That's just crazy to me. It doesn't sound right. Uh, well, so, and so you, yeah, you, you end up going to full sale. And I mean, all, all this is driven by you having a passion to want to be graphic designer, right? Yeah. I wanted to be a graphic designer so bad yeah. that I neglected my illustration talents. Huh. Hmm. Um, I was one of those people who thought the two was intertwined. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and you're trying to decide on what you're going to do as far as majoring, like I'm going to make you look a little bit deeper because um, just because you can draw doesn't necessarily mean that you should be in graphic design, but it mm-hmm. necessarily doesn't mean that you you shouldn't be in graphic design. Right. You just got to know that the nature of being an artist and a graphic designer are two separate things. And I don't want you to find out in the last minute, like, yo, I'm going to school for graphic design. And then all of a sudden, oh, I can't, I got to do it this specific way. I can't do it the way I can't put my own spin on it like this. No, you got to earn the right to put your own spin on it. So you got to do the assembly line type situation until you get to a point where somebody's coming up to you and say, all right, do it your way. Oh, we like that. Let's run with it. So I don't want nobody to to fall into that. But graphic design helped me getting that getting getting that MFA help because I can I now know how to work with graphic designers when it comes to illustration. So I'm getting some usage out of that degree. Now, little side note, this was another hard learned lesson. Schools have two different types of accreditation. Um, there's national and there's regional. Hmm. Yeah, regional. Tops national. And most folks, most folks don't know. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. right. So I thought by a school saying that they're nationally accredited, I was like, oh, yeah, I can get a pay increase in my teacher's check because I have this degree. Not mm-hmm. the case at all. Um, they, the state of Maryland would not huh. recognize my MFA to teach high school, elementary, or middle. Now, funny thing is, I can go to a post-secondary school. Wow. And an MFA is valued over a MAT. So it's it's all kind of weird stuff that I I learned. Yeah. They want that studio experience over teaching experience. So when your kids go to college and take art, the reason why, I guess, homeboy was SOB that I studied under in undergrad was because he had all the studio experience. But when it came time to facilitate the class, he fell a little short yeah, when it came to that. Right, right, right. Yeah, that seems backwards to me. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 well, the whole world is backwards right now. <laughs> well, that's true, actually. 
You know, we got to look at it through a mirror just to get it right. That's a good point. Well, so, so somehow you, were you discouraged at all through all this or, um, cause you're, you're teaching all the while as well. Yeah. And just had kids. Wow. Yeah. That too. Yeah. So most of these, most of these knockdowns, um, I know I got to get up and just wipe myself mm-hmm. off. Yeah. Um, I learned to, I learned to move with the wind, so to speak. Like if you ever heard me do public speaking, I'll mention that you need to learn how to move with the wind because you might have a plan, but who says your plan was the best plan for you? Right. Mm-hmm. And I always use two trees for an example. I'll use an oak tree and I'll use a palm tree. If a strong wind comes by, that palm tree will bend in the direction that the wind is blowing. And when the when the storm is done, it goes right back upright because it's is is um it's pliable. Mm, yeah. While an oak tree is more stern. So when that wind blows, the oak tree is like, no, nah, I'm not moving. And then eventually it cracks it, cracks it right at the trunk. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The storm is over, it's broken. So I always tell folks, like, yo, learn to move with the wind. You might have a plan, but an obstacle might get in the way. Just know how to go around that obstacle and, and see where it leads you. That's good advice for anything. <laughs> yeah, everything in life. Yeah. Even dinner Absolutely. plans. Like, what are we eating today? <laughs> Let's move with the wind. <laughs> Just don't break wind. You know? <laughs> That's good advice, too. <laughs> this week's episode is brought to you by Wix.com. With Wix, the web is your playground. Start with a blank slate and design your website in any layout you want. Work with advanced features like retina-ready image galleries, custom font sets, and sophisticated design effects. Each feature is intuitive to use, so you're in control from design to live. With Wix, you'll have real creative freedom to tell your story online, exactly the way you've envisioned it. Push the limits of design and start creating beautiful, impactful websites that are uniquely yours. Go to Wix.com slash dribble to get started today. That's W-I-X dot com slash dribble. Wix, what will you create? Super great uh, attitude when you're going through this stuff. What, the stuff you're doing now, right? The stuff I'm seeing on, you know, on social media and stuff is, is amazing. And you're, you're doing it all on the iPad. And yes, it, it's cool to see someone you know, start from analog in loose leaf paper in school and then go through all the, these, uh, all the technology that's, that's changed and, and now really embracing, you know, the iPad or, you know, just digital creation of stuff that used to be analog, you know, is it, do you find you're primarily working digitally now, even though you're, you know, you're using traditional methods, but I'm curious about that. Yeah, I'm using I'm using analog methods on a digital device. Yeah, um yeah, right. And <laughs> this leads to another funny story, but I won my first iPad. Huh. <laughs> you remember a company named Veer? Absolutely. Yeah. I, oh, I loved Veer. Yeah. Veer had an ana, anagram contest. Huh. They ran it for 4 weeks. Anagram, that's the same forward and backward appearing thing, right? Well, that's when you can take a phrase or a word, rearrange mm-hmm. the letters, and create 
a different phrase or word. Okay, gotcha. Yep. And what they did from Monday through Friday, they would give you a phrase. You had to rearrange the letters to say something about Veer. Mm. That Friday, they would announce, they would do a draw of all the correct answers and announce who won an iPad one that was custom made by Colorware. Hmm. So week one went by, I didn't win. Week two went by, I didn't win. But I love doing these anagram puzzles. I, w- I would do them during my planning period at school. Huh. And week three went by, I didn't win. The fourth week, I had forgot to check to see who won. Um, I had already packed up my bag. I was almost out of the school. Then I was like, oh, I wonder who won the anagram contest. So I doubled back. I went back to my classroom. I turned on that very slow PC, <laughs> got on um, Twitter, and I see a response from somebody saying, hey, Rob, congratulations. Oh. And then I went into the, the DMs and I was like, no way. And it was from Veer. Congratulations, Rob. You are our fourth week, fourth and final week winner. Woo. Send us your email. I mean, send us your mailing address and yeah, you'll have your iPad soon. And wow. I typed my address so fast because I'm a chicken pecker. <laughs> but it almost looked like Kung Fu the way, or I was making a beat on that keyboard the way <laughs> I was hitting those letters. And that was a Friday, and the iPad arrived on Tuesday. Wow! And, and this was the first, the first version of the iPad. Yep the first, the first huh. generation. Yeah, um, iPad. It was maxed out. It had sixty four mm-hmm. gigabytes. Um, it had the cellular service on it. On, oh yeah, okay. Wi Fi. It had a graphic on the back, and it had that matte feel to it. Yeah. And that little rounded corner square that was on the home button. Yes. Was teal. Oh, wow. So it was, yeah, custom. custom. Yeah, it was custom, a custom thing. It had the certificate from Colorware and everything inside the box. So that was my first experience with iPad. So I was like, yeah, I got this iPad. I don't have to carry around this portfolio no more. I can take pictures of all my analog work and take <laughs> interviews and show people my work right there in person. Just hand them the iPad and let them flip through. It becomes a different experience because I added a tactile feel to it. And yeah, yeah. Then later, um, Sketchbook Pro was on there, and I just started doodling in Sketchbook Pro. Hmm. But I needed Vector because I was used to using Adobe Illustrator when it came time to do my images. Right, and so that and that came later, right? That, well, as a matter of fact. Um, I would heavily freelance during the summertime, but I was also daddy daycare <laughs> to, to my youngest son. Yes. Um, yeah. And I couldn't take him to the basement because it was just dangerous down there. I was, I went on a two week hunt for an application where I can at least start on the iPad and then go to the basement later and finish everything out on my computer. Right. So like something that created vector that you could reopen an illustrator or something. Yeah, and just yeah. finish everything out. Because, see, my wife yeah. is an educator, too, but she had recently moved to becoming an 11-month employee around the same time. Mm-hmm. So I was with the kids during the summertime. So I was looking for stuff, man. Um, I kept bumping into Adobe Ideas. Mm. Yep. It cost, yep. it cost, it cost nine ninety nine. 
during that time. Right. And for an app, that's, <laughs> that's, that's huge. <laughs> yeah. Like back, like we're thinking back in the days now. Yeah. 999 for an app. Like most people yeah. don't want to pay for an app to begin with, which right. is crazy to me. Like if you're going to use the thing, pay for it. Exactly. Yeah. Nine, nine, it seems like a steal now, right? Yeah. So when you paid your nine ninety nine, you can pay a dollar and ninety nine cent extra and you get ten layers as a mm. bonus. And I was like, Oh, this looks dope, but the reviews wasn't wasn't to my liking mm. until the last time I ran into that app. Last time I ran into that app, they had this video by this amazing artist named Brian Yap. Mm. And at the time, Brian Yap worked for a creative company called Box and Clever, and they were out of somewhere around the St. Louis area. And I saw what he was doing with it, and I was like, hey, I need this because I need to do something similar with it to get my work started. Mm-hmm. What drove me or attracted me to it was my printmaking roots. Hmm. So I used that technique once I got it. And I mean, after reading people's reviews, I was like, you know, you're dogging this app, but how does your work look? And luckily, I found that somebody used the same name as a reviewer as they did as an artist. And I mean, uh, I, I don't judge people. Sleuthing. Yeah, but to internet sleuthing later. Yeah. Yeah. But to, to, to dog this app like that, your work was butt. <laughs> <laughs> And then I was like, oh, see, I can't take all these reviews yeah. to heart about this app because I'm not seeing the work that they're trying to do. Like, right, right, I, no right. app can magically help this guy out. <laughs> right, you know right. Especially yeah, what they're the trying problem. to do. Yeah, it's like you need to go back and build your, your foundation, your traditional work. Right. Yeah, I bought Adobe Ideas with the quickness. I used uh-huh. it to do a cover for a local band named higher hands. Hmm. That was my, my first experience. My first drawing was of my oldest son. My second drawing was of my younger son. And I still have those drawings um, saved on the iPad. <laughs> That's awesome. And and from then you were, you were hooked and in terms of using it as a, is it your main medium now? Oh yeah. yeah. That, I mean, like if I had to give it a ratio, it was like 80, 20. Yeah, well, right. I can right. go full one hundred though. Um, it depends on the on the job. Now I saw you recently. I saw a clip recently that you posted on Twitter. You were actually on ESPN, like on the air, drawing. That was crazy. That I I, I got to hear the story about this because that sounds incredibly. <laughs> first of all, it's it's awesome, but it's also like I can't imagine anything more terrifying. Like not not that I'm an illustrator, so I don't really can't relate to that part of it, but. Was it, was it scary, fun, or both? Or <laughs> it was the one word I always use is it was surreal. Yeah, I, it's it's like it didn't happen. I like if I didn't DVR it, it didn't happen because I got <laughs> I got proof now. I can go back and look at yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't scary at all. A lot of people, like the producers there, my main man Andy from Apple who arranged that whole thing to go down because what we were doing there was um, we was using the new iPad pro with Apple pencil yeah, to to illustrate the results of game four of last year's NBA finals. 
between wow. the Warriors and um and the and the Cavaliers. Right. And should have been the Celtics, but hey, hey, dude, y'all get, <laughs> yo, your year coming up, man. Like for real. I hope so, man. Yeah, so. y'all got the East. A lot of people. I like. <laughs> yeah, we should. I think we should. Yeah, a lot of people going further north talking about Toronto, but nah, nah, y'all got yeah. the East. <laughs> Sorry, I, 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 uh, I interrupted there. <laughs> nah, no problem, man. <laughs> yo, um, the funny thing about sports is I, I didn't go to sports. Sports kind of gravitated towards me when it came really? to like what type of work to do. Yeah. Wow. And, like I didn't imagine myself being a, a sports illustrator. Like, huh. Um, I would draw sports for fun because I would watch baseball and baseball can go up to like three plus hours. That's yeah. enough time to knock a project out. <laughs> That's and, true. And get your get your get your workflow tightened up. Yeah. So I used to sit in a chair, put a pillow on my lap, put the iPad on top, I would watch the Nats play. And um my thing was I had to have a drawing done by the end of the game. Huh. That's cool. And and were you you were a fan before before the iPad or or is this sort of like a does this happen at the same time or well I was a fan before the iPad I mean I even yeah. got Nats plates on my Jeep oh um, nice okay yeah, yeah but you're a true fan. real fan. the the whole boom of sports and doing work for sports it gives me a greater appreciation for sports like yeah. I wake up, I don't even turn the news on anymore. I, I go directly to ESPN and I have sports center playing. Nice. In the morning. So it's like, it's, it's part of your, it's, it's like part of your routine, inspiration routine. Yeah. Because I mean, it's, first of all, it's fun because yeah. every sport has a different challenge when it comes to illustrating it. But it's not the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it's random. Like, I'm I'm doing some work now with with the Charlotte Hornets for their 30th anniversary. Ooh, awesome! Yeah, yeah. So it, it's some amazing stuff. Yeah, and you and you you're doing like stuff for Nike, and it's cool to hear that sports found you. How did it start though? How, how, how did how did um, it, how well, did you how did you get into that world? Yeah. Well, the genesis was me sitting in that chair with that pillow on my lap. Huh, so yeah. not only would I draw within that, that three hour period, I would share it on social media. Like I didn't have any fears of somebody stealing it. I would share it. Cause you're just doing it for fun. Doing it for fun. Um, yeah. so when it, when it came time for me to do it for pay, it was no problem at all because it was still fun. So, so it was like, you feel like there's less, less pressure in a way because it, you, it depends on the art direction. But yeah, yeah. it's still less pressure. Like if, if we double back to ESPN, I have I have Apple to think and I have um Adobe to think. Mm-hmm. Um first of all, Apple for arranging that whole opportunity and choosing me out of yeah. all the people to do this stuff. It could have went with someone else. No, now it's a, it it seems like a no brainer though to me. Yeah, like it's perfect. And Adobe because Adobe used to invite me to the Adobe Live. I think I'm the the most I'm the artist with the most appearances on Adobe Live. That's not nice. a host. Yeah. And yeah. That prepared me for the cameras in Bristol, Connecticut. 
at ESPN. Um, Yeah, yeah, big ups to Jack. He's a producer at um, ESPN. And he took me under his wing because he wanted to make sure I was as comfortable as possible. But I, I think that he didn't know how I was under pressure. So he was like, you, you all right, Rob? You good? And, and I was like, yeah, right. I'm good. Like, I'm good. I got it. Um, Not to mention, SVP or Scott Van Pelt comes yeah. on super late at night. So I was half asleep. Because <laughs> it was live, right? It, it was live, man. Wow. And oh, geez. So even more pressure, though. No, not really, though. Yeah, um, yeah. as a teacher and a freelancer, I'm, I was accustomed to working late to hmm. was almost like automated. So did your, I, I imagine your teaching experience too, has that, I imagine that has helped that kind of situation and also like the Adobe live kind of stuff. It's anything in the camera where you're, I mean, essentially you're educating just in front of the camera instead of in front of the class, right? Yeah, and I credit teaching to like that attraction, that draw that I have. Um, mm-hmm. Being a teacher, like whenever you're in public or you're doing something of that nature, it adds a warmth to the whole experience because I got to know my demographic. Mm-hmm. I got to know what's comfortable for them. I got to have my transitions, my segues. And I got to have a certain flair to deliver whatever message it is that I'm trying to deliver, whether it's verbally, if it's written, or either visual. So that, that that stuff comes into a whole lot of play. Like whenever I do Adobe Max, and I'm speaking at this year's Adobe Max, oh, great. I put all Excellent. of those, those different tenets and elements in effect whenever mm-hmm. I go up there. And most of the time, I don't know what's going to come out my mouth until I watch the audience walk in. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Huh. So I try to set up my my deck in a way where I can move with the wind. So mm. if I see a large population of dark colored clothing and tattoos and um an age range of 22 to 28, I'm going to approach them differently than I would some, like a crowd of 34 to 45. Hmm. But, and, you, and I guess you wouldn't know, yeah, you wouldn't really know that yeah. fully until you're up there, right? But my deck is in the same order. It's just how I narrate it. I see. That changes everything. So, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. I, I, I'm really thankful for being a teacher. I'm thankful for being an effective teacher. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I can imagine that gave you all sorts of amazing experience for for the stuff you're doing now. And actually, what so you, you mentioned earlier that you um, you retired from teaching recently, very recently. What's mm-hmm. um, what's what's next, or what what prompted that? And uh, I can almost guess, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got a you got you got a more clear view of it than I do. Um, <laughs> Well, teaching teaching got in the way of doing art. Yeah, yeah. Um, it finally got in the way of doing art before they can share that same space. But it was time to move on for teaching because, like I said, I wasn't necessarily teaching what I do. 
I tried several times, but it 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 doesn't pan out. And there's probably somebody who worked at a school will be like, oh, we would love to have you as our teacher. We'll give you anything you want. Um, that means I got to drive out to you. Um, my school yeah. that I last taught at, my commute was two and a half minutes. <laughs> and that's because ideal. I had to stop at a stop sign. <laughs> like it's less than a mile away. My school is yeah. less than a mile. It's still my school. I yeah. watched them build it. Okay. Um, but I hit a ceiling, man. I hit a ceiling to the point where my ear was touching it and my shoulder at the same time. If you can visualize that, that's how hard I hit a ceiling. And I was being <laughs> under, I was being underutilized. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So freelancing is up, but what direction I'm going into it? I'm 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 just I'm moving with the wind. Uh, mm. I got some assignments lined up, which is pretty cool. My wife knew that I wanted to quit teaching for a while now. She's very supportive. We had an earlier conversation a couple of years ago, and I was like, "If I quit now, how much?" Do I need to bring in a month? And she told me the number. And I was like, really? I was like, oh, man, I can almost double and triple that <laughs> a month. Especially with like, like some, of the, some of the jobs that I had at the time. And I think it was like eight years ago, the school year was about to begin. I was like, hey, baby, why don't you go ahead and put the benefits in your name? <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't even ask questions. She knew. She knew it was up. If she did, she did it to be funny. It's like, why? Well, why why do you want me to do it? And I was like, ah, I might quit any day now. <laughs> this was eight years ago though, you said. Yeah, this is eight years yeah. ago. So I was yeah. always on the fence about like yeah. leaving education, but yeah. I didn't want deep. it to harm my my family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest scariest part. Is if I was single, I wouldn't have that yeah. that element of fear there, but there's right. three other people relying on me now. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's it affects not just you, yeah. Absolutely, young you young people don't have to worry about that. You know what I'm saying? It's just like <laughs> a grumpy old man telling you about it right now. No, no, I'm definitely I'm definitely the grumpy old man uh, as well. So <laughs> it's fun, isn't it? Yeah, it it is. It is actually. Yeah. It, I actually it, look out my door and 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 stare at people who standing in my yard. Like, well, yo, why are you on my grass? So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like this phase of life, man. It's Literally, cool. like, get off my lawn. Yeah, well, I'll stare at you until you move off my yeah. lawn. <laughs> so we can, well, we can expect more of Robzilla out there then. Yeah. Because, you know, you're, by retiring from teaching and being out there speaking and you're going to be sort of more, more, even more visible, uh, to the, to the greater world. Um, which is awesome. Yeah. For us. And I want to find that balance. I don't want to oversaturate, you know, sure. I don't want to be Robzilla, 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 hitting somebody in the head with the same thing, <laughs> but I still want to keep it kind of relevant. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, it's some it's some cool stuff coming too, man. I can imagine. I can imagine. Some cool stuff. I got to work on that cool stuff after I get off with you on this podcast. But oh, um, nice. Yeah. yeah, but it's some cool stuff coming. Well, to uh, final question for you: What's your favorite sneaker? 
My favorite sneaker is the Jordan One. Uh, so the cer- certain era of the Jordan One, or the, the OGs. Um, yeah, the, first, the, the OG the red, build, red, white, and black ones. I had yeah, those too. Man. The breads. I got the breads. Uh, nice. I got too many sneakers. Um, <laughs> the whole top portion of my closet is all Jordan ones. Nice. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, I can go. I can go a month without wearing the same Jordan one. <laughs> It's awesome. Yeah, and I got friends that their 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 collection is crazier. But I mean, I was on a teacher budget, and I I, I think I came off nice. That's amazing. Yeah, I even barter sneakers sometimes when I, I'm doing my pricing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get paid in sneakers. Yeah, I'd be like, especially if it's a rare pair. I'd be like, yo, yeah. I can't get my hands on this, but maybe you can. Um, wow. Yeah, let's go. Because it'll save me some hassle. I was going to spend the money on them anyway. <laughs> and I don't so sell myself see. short, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to hire you with sneakers. Let's go. I got to get them first, though. Actually. <laughs> That's, That's the hard part. That is the hard part. part. Um, Here's another dumb last question, too, though. Go for it. On your illustrations of sneakers, by the way, that Rob illustrates sneakers uh, better than anyone, um, which... It's awesome. I mean, I, I don't collect sneakers, but I just love, I love the, uh, there's something about your, your sneaker illustrations. It's, I don't know. It's really enticing, but what's the red, the red plastic thing around it? Is that like a security tag or something? <laughs> um, you're referring to what Dan is referring to is, the um, <laughs> the off white collaboration with Nike. Yes, I guess. Yeah, yeah, specific, I guess. Yeah. And, um, man, Dan, the way that Virgil set up Off White is ingenious. Huh. Get what I'm saying? And I, I hope yeah. I'm not a whistleblower here, but I don't think people understand the name Off White. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm an 80s baby. So, uh, the destruction and, the aesthetics of a group of people was destroyed in the eighties with crack. Huh. And Virgil witnessed this. I witnessed it. A lot of people witness it. Hmm. Um, but the phrase off white was a slang term for crack. Ah, uh, I see. Wow. But he just, he's given it to you in a different form and a different purpose. Hmm. So technically what he's creating is dope in, in the slang term of it. So what Virgil did, and this is why I like off-white. Uh, if you are a design major, when you took your first typography class, one of your very first assignments was to take a certain typeface or certain typefaces you had to deconstruct them and then reconstruct them again. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did with 10 Nike sneakers. He took mm. them apart. He took those same elements, just like that anagram that I won the iPad with, and he rearranged them to create something different. Huh. That little lock that he has on there is just a visual signature piece that kind of stands for his brand. Ah, so you know it's It's, it's, it's official. Virtual. Yeah, it's official yep. tissue if you see it on there. Huh. And he did something else ingenious that I always wanted to do. 
and I, I, I said it as a joke in a teacher's lounge years ago. I was like, I just want a T-shirt that has in plain text, a sans serif, the word T-shirt on it. In yeah, quotes. Yeah. In quotes. In quotes. Right, yes. right. I was like, as a matter of yeah. fact, I want a whole house like that. As a matter of fact, I want, I want it on my couch. I want it on my rug. When you go to get cereal out of my cupboard, I just want a white box, black words on to say cereal. You get what I'm saying? I was like, that would <laughs> yeah, be so yeah. dope. Yeah. And I, was, I said it as a joke, but like he brought that to fruition. Like huh. you literally put shoelace on the on the shoelaces. <laughs> That's so great. I love it. I'm I'm not a hype beast when when it came to me wanting his sneaker. Mm-hmm. I I can identify with what it took for him to create that shoe. Hmm. Going through design school, so that, that's the whole crazy thing about it. <laughs> I love it. I, I love. How I just snuck that in there as, as a last in quotes. Last Good question. stuff, Dan. You should be on the radio. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you got the voice and everything. I, I don't. Yeah. Hey, likewise. Uh, but I, I, I honestly hadn't, I hadn't heard of this, um, the off-white campaign. And now I'm looking as you're telling it, I'm looking it up too, and and it's it's actually pretty awesome. I, I'm glad I asked you because uh, that opens up a whole other, a whole other world of stuff to go down and, and uh, appreciate. So yeah, I gotta. I don't know when I draw the shoes, I try to show the the viewer what I like about the shoe. Yeah. And the way, like, we didn't get into the technical stuff, but the way that I, I do my lines is parallel to my time as a, um, a hip-hop production hobbyist. Yeah. So there's certain elements about an illustration that mimics the process of creating a hip-hop beat. Wow. And I, I got I got those parallels and everything broken down to how the shifts in the line weights relates to the drums of a, <laughs> of a hip hop song and um, right, the way that blowing, the shadow. Now, moves. now you're blowing my mind. Yeah, the way that the shadow the, I, I curve the shadows out and make them move because there's no gradients in Adobe Draw. So the mm. way that I yeah. make these things and make you blend these things in. The heavier shadows, they they kind of float there, like the bass lines of a of a hip hop beat. And it, it's it's crazy, man. Um, uh, yeah, this is awesome. I <laughs> I could we I want to start the whole episode over now. And <laughs> we should do a part. Start two. with that. We got a part. We need a part two now. Yeah, we need to do a part two. Let's do it for hip-hop, a minute time. Hip hop beat deconstruction as it relates to illustration. Yes, uh, it's crazy. All right. All right. Even yeah. the way I approach the iPad is like how how early hip hop producers approach drum machines. <laughs> wow, are you an eight hundred eight fan by any chance? Uh, I used the eight hundred eight. Um, I always loved it. Yeah, and uh, I watched a documentary yesterday on this guy named Paul C. He was gunned down earlier in life, but he had a certain way of manipulating the attack and the decay and the velocity of that 808 and then <laughs> setting it under a drum break, like let's say James Brown, funky drummer, and made it sound like a different animal. And mm. all that stuff was just like the nostalgia of it. It's just incredible. Like I still got my beat machine in the basement, my two turntables and about 20 boxes of records. Wow. wow. 
that's awesome. Uh, I, I, we need a part two, Rob. Yeah, we're going to do a part two. Definitely. Uh, just on all that. That's amazing. Um, I, I'm sad that you say this. I, I want to thank you for, uh, being on the show today. Cause it was awesome. We covered so much, so much cool stuff. There's so much more to cover, which is great. So people can, Obviously, where 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 do, where should people go to follow you and and hear about what you're up to? Uh, well, follow me on Instagram. Um, I do this funny thing where I post every illustration as a triptych. Yes, I noticed that, and it's a it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and that's because I'm the third, so I cut my my illustrations in uh, thirds. Yes, but I also make it hard for you to steal my bike, <laughs> so to speak. Right, so, right. Right, because it's one one image is just a piece of it. Yeah, yeah. You gonna like put that. in some work if you're gonna steal my images. That's true. You got to stitch them back together somehow. But I used I used the compression of Instagram to my advantage too. So yeah. I'm working in vectors. But if you look at what I post on Instagram, it's kind of distorted. It's kind of pixelated. Uh, it is. Yeah. And I, I keep a certain level of pixelation there because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm making it for the size of a phone screen. Right. So, right. Um. It makes it a little bit harder for you to steal my bike too, especially if you plan on printing from my Instagram post. Yeah, it's gonna it's not gonna be clear. You try to print yeah. from that. Yeah. It's gonna look so horrible. Well, that's interesting to hear. There's yeah, that, that, there's there's a method method there. Uh, I mean, obviously we're excited to hear about your what you're doing now that you're retired and uh, <laughs> and, and uh you know, putting more time into public stuff and I can't wait to see what you what you create, man. Yeah, I, man. I just thank you, thank you, uh, thank you so much for for sharing it with us. Yeah, I'm just going to drop a little hint: Ant Man and the Wasp. Ooh, well, that's a big hint. Xbox. Ooh. I okay. Wow. <laughs> so by the time this comes out, it should be out. So oh, enter okay. enter to win that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I just saw I just saw that the movie with my kids. It was awesome. Yeah, I love um, it. Probably one of my favorite Marvel ones so far, actually. Uh, and that's in, that's incredible. So Xbox, that was a big hint. Oh yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Rob, man, and, and uh, best of luck with everything. Yeah, thank you for this opportunity, man. I really, 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 really appreciate it. Hey, back at you. This has been Overtime, Dribble's official podcast. I'm Dan Cedarholm, and thanks for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks again. Sweet. Definitely.